0: You are listening to the Tough Like a Girl podcast. My name is Vera.
1: And I'm Liz.
0: And this is where we take a look at um, well normally graphic novels and trade trade collections uh, with female protagonists. This time it's gonna be something a little bit different. Um, We are looking at only a single issue, and this was provided to actually to the network um, by the author of this particular title who was wondering if anybody at the network would be interested in giving a little look and giving their thoughts on it. And since it fell within our remit, it landed on our lap. So we're going to be taking a look at She Bites, issue one of She Bites, which is written by Hedwig Hale, with art by Alberto Hernandez R. uh, Lettering and production art by Dave Lamphere, uh, published by Scout Comics. So this is something that actually neither of us had any knowledge or or history with in any way whatsoever. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Liz is probably going to be giving fairly short responses. Uh, She is recovering from a cold. I say recovering. You're kind of still in the middle. I'm
1: in the middle of it. Yeah. (laughs) It seems to be a thing that everyone is getting if you are in a school or work in a school right now. So, it's
0: I, it's not covid, folks. She's tested negative for that. But yeah, she's she's got the the normal start of the school year cold.
1: Yeah, lucky me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um so the cover art kind of gives you a little bit of a sense of the tone of the thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It shows a young girl um walking down um like a public stairway, like in a park or something at night. And the title, She Bites, the way it is formatted, the um, the B and the S and bites are kind of extended down to look like fangs. She kind of gives you an idea of it. Um, and it is set in Pittsburgh in 1997. And we actually open on that same girl, which I kind of like, actually. That's something you don't always see because covers are usually... Meant to either be a tease or a summation of what's inside mm. or a recreation of a scene that's in it. This is like the cover is the first image, and then you open it up, and it's continuing from that image because the cover is her kind of walking towards the reader, and first page is her walking away.
1: That's still, a good point. I still going
0: down that. the stairs. Yeah, it's 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 a neat way to open. Um, so I thought that was that was nifty. Then she goes into a convenience store. Uh, The cat hisses at her. This is going to be a fairly detailed synopsis since there's only one issue. Uh, She picks up a few things, including bleach. She tries to get a pack of cigarettes. Uh, The uh, the owner of the convenience store obviously doesn't sell them to her. Uh, She calls him a wanker. Mm
1: -hmm. She she looks to be like, I'd say like nine-ish or ten-ish.
0: Nine, ten. Yeah, ballpark. Um, I actually kind of like this exchange because it's very like it's it the the type is smaller so like you can tell she says it under her breath. Uh-huh. He's, he's like, "Nice try, kid, wanker. What was that?" I said, "Thank you."
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, but you know, she gathers everything up. She puts up a puts up a flyer on the notice board in the convenience store and heads out and is followed by a couple of young, punkish-looking guys who have a gun and who threaten her and try to rob her. Uh, And that does not go well for her as she sprouts fangs and... For
1: her, it goes well. For For her, it goes just Uh, fine. She
0: sprouts fangs and incredibly long nails and proceeds to tear them apart Mm -hmm. and then drag the bodies off and mutter to herself effing teenagers um it is uncensored so i suppose that's the first thing this is not one to share with the kids as i know we have some readers with with younger kids it is bloody and there is swearing
1: yeah it's kind of your 14 plus kind of thing
0: yeah like it's not adult adult but it is it is kind of that just a little above pg-13 kind of thing yep so then we cut to a young woman who's 18 uh, who is who is living at home and kind of unsure of what to do with her life? And she gets um, hollered at to you know to go run an errand to the uh, to the convenience store, which she does. And while she's there, she notices the flyer <coughs> put up by the uh, the young girl, the young vampire, and it says, "Babysitter wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, normal little girl, well paid." <laughs> call for inquiry.
1: Normal little girl. That's not gonna give you any red flags right yes. there. Yes. Come
0: and babysit a normal little girl. <laughs> she is so normal. That's why we put it here. Because she's normal. normal. Yep. <laughs> and we cut to the vampire's home where the phone rings and she has like an apron and um, and like work gloves and is covered in blood.
1: Mm-hmm. Like do.
0: Yep. Um, but she answers the phone, and then we get the teenager heading over. And um, I don't think we actually get her first name.
1: I don't think so, no.
0: No. Uh, the uh, the kid calls her Mrs. Zelinski. Um, And, you know, the natural questions from her are like, okay, where, where are your parents? Like, no, there's no parents here. And she tries to do things like, well, look, I, I brought the Lion King. And... Kid just tosses it aside i I am not a child, mm-hmm. which you know she's being very upfront about
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um and then the teenager asks to go use the bathroom uh well, actually, sorry, before that,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, the girl is actually very straightforward, she says flat out, I'm a vampire,,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which the teenager reacts to by laughing, mm-hmm. thinking that this is a game, mhm. Until she has to use the bathroom where the bodies of the two punks are strung up and the blood is draining into the tub. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, no, that's that's confirmation that uh, it's it's not a game. such
1: a normal little girl.
0: Nope. And her response. So the teenager throws up in response to this The little girl just comes in and goes like, oh, grow up. Mm -hmm. Like just very, very unimpressed. And, you know, the question becomes, okay, so why do you need a babysitter? You clearly can take care of yourself. And she explains that because she's, so she's 134, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but she can't do a lot of stuff just because of how she looks. Mm -hmm. The thing she brings up is she's 134 years old and can't buy cigarettes. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So having an adult present would very literally opens some doors for her that she does not have Mm -hmm. access to simply because of the body she has. And she is uh she offers the teenager initially two hundred dollars an hour. The teenager's like, I I cannot do this. Then kids like three hundred. The teenager says three fifty and and you never make me look at a penis again because the guys strung up are naked. Mm -hmm. And that's where they uh they shake on it, make a deal, and that is the end of the issue. So this is very much a introduce the characters and set up the premise mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's it's we're not in a position to judge much overarching story, just conceptual premise and initial impressions.
1: Mm-hmm. What did you think? I liked it. I liked the dark humor. I liked... I really like the humor of it. The art was fun and dark. The lighting is good in it. Um, the
0: coloring's real good. It it's able to evoke darkness without being muddied.
1: Yeah. Um, I like how the characters interact with one another. I like that the um convenience store there's like a sign with a cat and one in one version the cat is hissing and one it's purring. Like I like the little details of this. Um it's clever, so I, I enjoyed it, and I kind of want more, so.
0: What I appreciate about this, especially versus some of the other times that we've dipped into more independent stuff away from, like, the big two or the scholastic stuff, mm-hmm. is that it it is focusing on executing what it's trying to do well, whereas I feel like there have been times with things like, uh, say, Kira, Alien Jungle Girl, or with I Hate Fairyland, They seem to think that, well, because this is something the mainstream comics wouldn't do, Mm -hmm. I can just do it and that's good enough. I feel like there was a lot more care put into the execution of this Mm
1: -hmm.
0: than than I've got as a general impression Mm -hmm. with some of the other off the beaten path stuff that we've tried. Um, and pre- the premise-wise, it's interesting. I have to wonder if the author is familiar with uh, with the movie Let the Right One In or its American remake Let Me In, uh, mm-hmm. which is not as good. Um, but it it has a slightly similar premise in that it has a, a vampire who is who is a young uh, a young person who cannot take care of herself in the eyes of society so she has to have somebody else be there to to take care of her Mm. but it that that one that it that one doesn't show how those characters met initially Mm -hmm. um but it is by design a very messed up dynamic yeah so it's kind of interesting seeing that style of dynamic from an earlier point Mm -hmm. um
1: i was also thinking of i think it's is it Claudia an in interview with a vampire? Yes. that's who the that's who the vampire girl reminded me of. I thought of her. But yeah, she but, is like, you know that like stereotypical blonde, innocent looking, but deadly kind well, she of also
0: she also has a similar level of annoyance and frustration by with being perceived by how she looks. Mm-hmm. like you can tell she's really fed up with this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to be a little girl forever either.
0: You know, yeah. big, big no. But yeah, overall, I'd say as definitely as a hook, um, how it, how it holds beyond this, we're not in a position to say, but in terms of hooking interest, yeah, color me interested.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely would want more. And I'm like, yeah, this looks good.
0: So, um thank you, Hedwig Hale, for sending this to us. We actually enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, we I mean, we are not gonna suddenly become a single issue review show, but this was a nice little change of pace, and it works as kind of a a lead in to the, um, you know the the darker times and the the spookier season, mm-hmm. uh, which we'll get into again next month, obviously. but uh, before we do that, we have um, listener feedback to go through. So we're going to take a quick commercial break and then we'll be back with that Saturn, who's there? Hyperion to a satyr. Follow Siskoid's deep scene-by-scene dive into adaptations of Shakespeare's Hamlet on Hyperion to a Satyr, the Fire and Water Network's Hamlet podcast. To listen or not to listen, isn't the question, as you well know? Kenneth Branagh, Derek Jacobi, Mel Gibson, Lawrence Olivier, Ethan Hawke, David Tennant, Classics Illustrated, and many more covered every episode at FireAndWaterPodcast.com or where you usually get your podcasts. rest we're back with listener feedback we had a fair bit um and the last time we talked about the first five issues of the sensational she-hulk
1: mm-hmm. so tim price says wow this really takes me back i was still collecting anything by jonathan Byrne at this point but th- that wasn't the only reason i got into this series i'd followed she-hulk joining the avengers then switching to the fantastic four and that era made me a fan of her character so this series was a no-brainer Oddly, I've, I've of two minds on it. One side nags they're trying too hard to be funny rather than simply being funny. The other side says, dude, it's comics. Let, let yourself have fun. It's not deep. There's no big story. Just enjoying the weirdness that is Marvel Comics. Acknowledging that, yes, She-Hulk is one of those weird things. Yeah, it definitely does have its kind of own sense of humor. Yeah, it,
0: it, it does a little bit. Um I suppose for the record I you haven't gotten to see more episodes of the show. No. I have and I'm not I I wish I was liking it more than I was. It's not awful but I guess I had slightly higher hopes for how it was going to balance its elements and I really kind of wish they had hired, you know, a legal consultant so that The courtroom Mm. scenes didn't fall apart so bad that even I, who knows barely anything about the Mm. law, is sitting there going, that's not how anything works. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't take that much work just to just to get a few things in there to just keep it from breaking the immersion.
1: Not everything can be my cousin, Vinny, I guess. (laughs) But that kind of proves the point that, like, you
0: can be court accurate and still be really funny, funny i know so right? nobody nobody try and tell me that that would make it less funny like no no it wouldn't yeah
1: little follow-up i have read the katie the cat sitter now and it does not disappoint talk about fun following the follow-up just finished she hulk episode two tatiana is killing it in the role and i could watch it just for her i'll say non-spoilery i'll try not to get hung up On the differences from the comics, but the law firm situation was more interesting in Dan Slott's run than what they're doing here. So it sounds like he agreed that.
0: Yeah, I had a similar issue with that in that it, like, in the comics, it's basically a straight inverse of what they're doing on the show. Mm -hmm. Because in the comics, the whole thing was that, like, they actually did not want her to present as She-Hulk in court. Mm-hmm. Um and that like was a hit to her self esteem because she has a lot more confidence as She Hulk. Hulk. Yeah. Whereas in the show, they want her on the job as She Hulk to be the face of this superhero law firm. And it's a it's an inverse that results in a different dynamic that isn't bad, but I don't like it as much.
1: Um But I get it. Different format. Fewer stories to tell. Maybe it'll work out. Besides that, I'm liking it and looking forward to your takes. Fun show as always, my punchers. Thank you, Tim. Yeah. Cisco replied, I have really been so in sync with Tim. And then Tim said again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And so, (sighs)
1: let's see.
0: From here, we heard from Ryan Daly. Who says, 'Twas I who gave you the first eight issues of the series. Here we go. Thank you, Ryan. After issue number eight, Byrne quit, as he often tended to do back then, but returned to the book later when it was in the 30s. The series ran for 60 issues, so it sold well enough to last five years, but I think a lot of that was based on Byrne's popularity. When he left after issue when he left again after issue fifty, it didn't last much longer. John Byrne was one of those guys who like he was talented enough that he was being offered basically everything. So Mm -hmm. he didn't stay on any one thing for too long. Yeah. So he was just, he just, yeah, he tended to hop around. Next up is a comment from Captain Entropy. Thanks Liz and Vera for covering these. I had trouble getting the She-Hulk comic when it came out, though I loved the humor and the art when I saw it. I'm enjoying the show. So that makes this window into the source material much more enjoyable. Now I'll put the trades on my Christmas list. I, I would recommend it. And finally, from Brian Linton, sounds like Sensational She-Hulk would be a good way to introduce my daughter to the character before we watch a new streaming series. Thank you for another incredible episode. I think it would work for that. Um, I like You could also go with Dan Slots run, which is what the show is very directly
1: mm.
0: pulling from. But mm. either one works, and I think either one's a fun intro to the character.
1: Yeah, she's a good character.
0: So uh, this episode's probably going to end up being a little bit shorter than normal, but as I said, we only did a single issue rather than a trade.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so next month, we are doing The Dire Days of Willow Weep Manor, which, is there anything you want to say in prep on that I one? I think
1: this is, I believe it's on the Green Mountain Book Award nominees for this year, Um, that list. And... I've been told that it is appropriate for middle school and it's spoopy, and that's what we're going with.
0: I mean, I'm looking at the cover, and there and there is a woman in a Vic, in a Victorian era dress wielding an umbrella like it's like it's a battle axe.
1: And there's like, over
0: a horde of bunnies with glowing green eyes. So looks
1: like our kind of thing.
0: I'm 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 on board. I am here for it. Yep. All right, so we will check that out next month. I hope everybody uh, has a good time until then, and uh, we'll see you in a month. Bye. Bye. Tough Like a Girl is a Council of Geeks production and is presented on the Fire & Water Podcast Network. Comments can be left at fireandwaterpodcast.com, and you can support the network by finding Fire & Water Podcast Network on Patreon. This particular show enjoys support from Carolyn and Brian Linton. Our logo art was created by Nick Buxham, and our theme music is by Erica Dreisbach. Thanks again for listening.